Hey everyone, my name is Joshua Dixon, and welcome to this episode of the Healing Hearts Podcast by AdmireWare, or by your host, Joshua Dixon. And today I have Chloe. Um, this show is about self-care, healing, messages of hope, and it includes topics regarding mental health, as it's okay to not be okay most of the time. This show... And what I want for it to go forward is to continue being a safe place, a safe place, a safe place for us to have these conversations that we're not having enough of, these conversations that not only we're not having at the dinner table, not only that we may not be having with ourselves, but these conversations that we lacking help kind of enables us and it puts us in a place where we feel like we're alone. But through these difficult conversations, we're able to build an alliance and understand that we're not alone in our pain. We're not alone in our suffering. We're not alone in our trauma. There's someone out there who understands. There's someone out there where, because of the conversation that we've had, now my healing journey is starting. These conversations can be that water that waters the plant, that helps that plant grow, that helps that flower grow. You guys know how much I love flowers. And I always think about how how much trauma I've been through and how admire where it's built from those tears. Like, I've always said that, that admire where it's built from the tears that I've, that I've been through. Let me mute my phone. Give me a moment. How admire where is built from those tears. It's built from those insecurities. It's built from that trauma. It's built from the sexual assault. It's built from the from the domestic violence that I went through. It's built from that child abuse and those years of being neglected and feeling like that I wasn't enough and that I wasn't loved and that I had to work my ass off to be recognized by my father you know, and and realizing as an adult that I would never it would never happen because I would never be the man that I guess he wanted me to be. These conversations of healing are not only just healing for you all, but it has been really therapeutic for me too. Before I get started in today's uh, fully started into today's topic is I just want to wish you a happy Friday. I understand that not every day could be a good day. I know that every year might not be a good year. And trust me, I think this year is definitely probably one of the worst years I've had in my life. Losing my grandfather, losing my my, my aunt. Um, so many business troubles of admire where losing thousands of dollars due to incompetent machines and... Uh, A lot of insecurities, a lot of a lot of sadness and bullying, of course, everyday bullying and everyday judgment. And so also reflecting on the years of trauma that I'm still ongoingly healing from it. I think we're always healing. We are always progressively healing. And I think if someone says that they're done healing, I I think they're they might be lying to themselves. We're always healing. We're always developing. The, the same way I enter in that door today, the door to come into this space to sit down and have this conversation with you, I will not leave that same way today. 
life is going to steady, keep moving forward, whether we like it, whether we don't. Whether we catch up and we, it moves on without us, we're still changing, evolving, developing. Almost 16 years ago, I was attacked by two pit bulls, our family, two pit bulls, and lost 80% of my face. And since then, I've I've been afraid of dogs. I've been afraid of pit bulls. I don't like dogs that are higher than my kneecaps because it's harder to defend yourself. It's harder to, for me to defend myself. And I just know what pit bulls are capable of. I don't hate dogs. I can't hate something that God gave life to. It's it's not God's fault and it's not my fault for people mis- misusing and abusing dogs or animals or even just people. Um, my family made a mistake of, of having one dog that was a former pit bull boxing dog. And if you don't know what that, what, what, what that means is it's not just because there's, because there's pit bull boxers as a breed, but like it was a, it was an underground dog fighting dog. Uh, it was a pit bull boxer mix that was fighting underground dog fights until the death for other dogs. It was their mistake. And I'm thankful that my life is 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 spared from their mistake. And that though my life has changed drastically from that moment, I think of it as if baby Josh kind of died in a way to give birth to me or he he sacrificed his life to give birth to what later became mine. And he knew that I was going to honor his legacy. And I do that each and every day. I honor my inner child's legacy. And I live for them. And it's still crazy that 16 years later, that nearly 16 years later, is the anniversary is December 5th, 2000. I mean, 2023. Um, that would be, it would make 16 years. And right now it is October 6th. 2023 so we're exactly two 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 months out ish um for those of you watching um this video let me know what you think because i'm in a new new comfortable space sitting here on the couch in front of the rose wall in front of the aw rose wall and uh i think this can be more of where the conversations will take place um, so those of you are listening, um, and those of you are watching, I think you'll be able to watch from Spotify and you'll be able to watch from YouTube and be able to see all of this. But uh, I know everyone is waiting to see Chloe. And um, Chloe means the world. Come here, Chloe. Chloe, come here. Wake up. Come on, Pop. What's up? What's going on? Come on. You got it. <laughs> Everybody, this is Chloe. No, you can't sniff the mic. Now you guys are getting Chloe ASMR. 
This is Chloe. Chloe's two years old. She's a mini Australian shepherd. She's very smart, highly intelligent. And I've been really sad and depressed lately. And I think she knows that. Um, just a lot going on, a lot of stresses in my life. Um, from financially to just personal. Um, but it's okay. Because this too shall pass. And she reminds me of that each and every day where I see her and I get to come home to her and get to see her excitement of seeing me and get to feel her love and warmth and joy and her unconditional love. That's all she wants is unconditional love from me. And I can get that from her without even giving her a treat. I've went a long period of time without getting her a treat. And she still gives me unconditional love each and every single day. With no prejudice, with no bias. She's a pure symbol of hope in my life. I used to be so afraid. I used to be shaking if I was around a dog. And if a dog licked me or smelled me because I can picture being attacked again and I can feel the bite marks all over again I can feel the skin ripping off my face all over again and it's 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 painful you know it's sad and having and having my suicide attempt in December 2020 um, after in the midst of leaving a relationship where I was being physically assaulted, mentally assaulted by my ex-partner, um, had my suicide attempt in my recovery, learning how to love myself for the first time after the accident because I've, I've blamed the majority of the things that have went wrong in my life on myself and saying that it was my fault saying that it was my fault for being, for getting my ass beat by my ex, or that it's my fault for not speaking up. It's my fault for going through the race, the, the racism that I've been through. It's my fault for not being loved by my dad or not experiencing the complete cohesiveness with my family the way that I wanted as, as I was growing up. I felt like it was all my fault for everything around me breaking down and, and blaming me for its existence. I blame myself for my own existence. And in my recovery from my second suicide attempt, I knew that I didn't want there to be a third time because I believe in the lucky three. That third time is the charm. Third time doesn't always work out, but it's the lucky three for a reason, perhaps, right? And I don't, I didn't want that to be for me. I wanted I wanted to have hope even though I didn't know what hope looked like. What are you doing, pup? You getting coffee? Hello? You cozy now? Let me get that little... Uh, got a little eye booger. 
Okay. You good? High five. Good girl. Love you. I didn't know what hope looked like. And I didn't know how to define it. I just knew something that I've always known growing up and dealing with those surgeries and dealing with the hate, the bullying, the isolating, the isolation. I had a part of me that knew if I had nothing, I would keep fighting. There's a small bit of me that if I lose 90, 99%, of who I am and what I can do in this world, there's that 1% that will forever fight for something, something better than what's going on right now until the day that I die. And that, that, that little piece is a bit of, is hope for me. And in my recovery from suicide and checking myself into counseling and being open about being a domestic violence survivor, even as a as a, as a as a man, and dealing with the backlash and crit, criticize criticization of that from um, people saying, "Oh, you should have hit her. You should have hit her back." And no, sometimes you got to learn to take the to take the loss. Sometimes you have to fail in order to succeed. And sometimes losing a fight is so that you can live. You can live to fight another day. You guys know where that quote is from. Um, I hope I made you smile. That was a good movie. But it was right after I made I Admire You from standing in a mirror and saying that I admire myself for not giving up is I decided that I, I wanted I wanted something for me. I've spent so much of my life dedicated to others that I've never really sacrificed enough for just for myself. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm at a good point in my healing journey, in my journey with life and with 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 my faith with God and with my respect with myself to believe that mm, I think I'm ready for a dog. I've did my thesis on um, dog maulings and dog attacks um, in America for my thesis, which was in the previous October. So maybe like several months prior to this moment where I'm having this thought about giving a dog. So I'm just like, I can go through all of that research in order to go through that research to find out what dog would be best for me. So I ended up being Golden Retriever, Labrador, um, and Australian Shepherds, and maybe a Husky. But Huskies have a, um, they're harder to train. Because they're very, um, they love to test their owners a lot. Like, really, really like to test them to prove that you're the head of the pack. And I wasn't too comfortable with that. Um, Because I'm insecure. (laughs) 
I'm insecure. You know, I'm not perfect. And I don't want to be, I, I don't want no one to hold me to perfect standards. Um, But I got one thing I can promise you. It's unconditional love. And German Shepherds are tall. Dogs. Kind of afraid of them. I like them. I think they're beautiful dogs. Labradors are also tall dogs and they weigh a lot. Kind of afraid of them too, even though they're less likely to bite you. So the next one on the list was Australian Shepherds and they come in a mini. So Aussies themselves aren't necessarily, they're they're knee high. They're just really fluffy, really floofy. (laughs) But um, I decided I was going to get a mini Aussie. Talked to my mom about it. She said, you know, I've been waiting years for you to reach this moment where you, where it seems like you're serious enough for a dog. Cool. You have my approval. We haven't had a dog in, in 14 years, but hey, things change. Then things get better. I'm like, Yes. It does. It really does. Even though it's been over a decade, you know, like 14 years up to that point. And of healing, growth, setbacks, so many surgeries. And it's like, yo, like 60 surgeries. Like all of this that you see is because of a dog. It's because of two dogs. It's like, I think I'm ready. You know, I can't, I don't give up on dogs and all. Like, I don't give up on dogs or on people or on things in life. Because, you know, some things have just been dealt a bad hand of cards and not everything's compatible with you. And, like, it, it isn't over. It isn't over until your life is over, until God says it's over. Or what faith that you believe in because I'm open to people having different faiths and I'm, I love having conversations about what people believe in. Um but I got Chloe and I did a lot of research, got her from a sketchy, kind of sketchy website. And uh, we drove six hours to grab to 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 get her. And it took us six hours to get there, four hours back. That's because of traffic and construction. But um, we went to an Amish village that didn't have any phone reception. So we could something could have happened to us, but I'm glad it didn't. Like this little tiny puppy that fits in my palm. And um, she ends up not triggering my PTSD. We slept in the bed together that that night on a ride home. And I mean, on the way, um, when we got home, but on the ride home, she stayed in my lap and just nested into my hoodie. She ended up being the pure bundle of hope and joy that I've, I guess I needed. Um, I've always wondered would I be a good dad or would I could be a good parent. And I always told myself that I would give my child the unconditional love that um that I never that I, that I got I got from my mom. 
But I wanted it for my dad too because he lived with us and I kind of expected us to have it, but I didn't. And he showed me every day. Um, hold up, I gotta turn off the the robot. I have a vacuum cleaner, but he showed me every day that I that I, that he I was an accident that I wasn't meant to be born into this world and that he wished he didn't hide me and that he wished my brother didn't exist either. And I told myself that I would I would give my kid that unconditional love and that's what I give Chloe. So when I see her and I think about when I get really sad or I get really depressed and I think that there's no future because hope Rely stays in the future. Hope lives in the future, and it and it comes to the present. We strive for better days. We strive for a better self. We strive for a better diet. We strive for more money. We strive for other things. We have hope. We have ambition. We have goals that we necessarily can't see, but seeing isn't always believing. And believing isn't always seeing. It's the fact that you have this determination to see it through. And that's when you believe. And so having Chloe, Looking at her and seeing her and seeing how comfortable she is, even I don't know if you guys can see her from this camera. Let me let me move the camera back a little bit. Let me see, move it back a little bit. Put my foot. Okay, you guys might see Chloe more. Let me actually get up and just see really quick. Oh, yeah, you guys can see Chloe. Miss Chloe. She's a symbol of hope for me. I still have nightmares about pit bulls, and I still have nightmares about being attacked. The only thing I don't let her do, I don't let her lick me in the face. She steals a kiss time to time, but I don't let her lick me in the face because I, I just still have, like, really bad PTSD triggers from that. But her love is pure. Right? High five. Mm. Right here. Right here. High five. High five. High five. There you go. Good girl. You want to speak for the camera? Her dog barks don't even trigger my PTSD. Speak. 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 Chloe, speak. Nah, she's not feeling it. Speak. No. No speak. Alright, it's cool. I ain't gonna make you if you don't want to. 
we're friends. We are father and daughter. We're best friends. We are frenemies. And that means that's friend and enemy put into the same word, frenemies. Reasons why is because she's still all of my white socks and we don't know where they are. We've searched the whole house. Can't find not one. She steals them, disappears with Don't know where they go. Are you going to tell us? You going to tell us where they went? You going to, where are my socks at? Where you put them? Here she go. She gonna make a fifth. Make the confession. Or do you plead the fifth? You plead the fifth? I think she played the fifth. Well, you're innocent until proven guilty. You look innocent, but you're not innocent. Wait, she's a symbol of that hope for me. And she's a symbol of that hope for this community too, because I know a lot of you are really inspired by that it's been so long and to go through all that pain and then to find redemption and that to eventually find a new companion and to love her, to take her hiking and to take her everywhere and to have her here and have her be the icon of, of, of hope for all of us that it does get better, that the storm does pass and that we can dance in the rain together that it does get better with time plus care because I do believe you could spend 10 years and if you didn't put the effort in, the effort that really matters to your individualized healing, then like, yeah, you might be the, you, there potentially, you might be at the same progression 10 years prior than you are now. Um, One second. Yeah, I'll reply to this. I'll reply to this later. Um she's a she's a beacon of that. She's a she's a beacon of your story is far from over. She's that for me. The book will forget will forever continue. What is this? Yeah, I can't. Huh, sorry. I'm about to edit that. I'm about to edit those moments out. Um maybe, maybe not. Let me take a sip of this coffee. I covered it up. The the logos on this because they haven't given me a sponsorship, but if they want a sponsorship, coffees for me to drink during the podcast recording, I would love that. Nice pumpkin spice latte. With a turbo shot. I don't do my coffees with sugar, typically, because coffee cream has enough sugar in it for me. And um, too much sugar will make me sleepy with my coffee. 
But um, there's a question that I was asked in a live stream recently. It, the question was, are you insecure? And do you have insecurities? And I'll take that further to to push that this person was essentially asking me, does my insecurities affect affect me on a daily basis? Or affect me, affect my relationships, or affect who I am? Because obviously everyone has insecurities. Well, how do my insecurities affect me? Because I, on social media and on this podcast and everywhere that I am, I seem very openly confident, very openly vulnerable in my, but also in that vulnerability, still remaining confident and still remaining in a stature of strength, which that's just who I am. But aside from that, yeah, I, I, I deal with, I'm anxious. Um, I'm self-conscious a lot. And I think a lot about the projections of hate or dis or dissatisfaction that has been projected onto me throughout the years. Those voices play in my head all the time. Like right now, most of the videos on Insta- on uh, on social media about me or of me are all inverted. They're from the selfie point of view because I take it with my selfie camera, but they're inverted. I see myself in that camera the same way I see myself in the mirror, but I don't see myself the same way that someone else sees me because there's nothing that shows that besides if I, if I inverted the camera. Um, I've gotten so comfortable with the image that I see in the mirror that I'm very self-conscious of and insecure of the actual image of me, that you see me. Um, These things look different. I'm not, I'm not by, like, I'm not equal bilaterally. Like, if you split, if you split a photograph of you in half, that right half might look exactly like that left half. But for me, each half looks totally different. My smile looks totally different depending on which way that someone's looking at it. So this video is not inverted. This video is not inverted, and I'm challenging myself from here on out to not in, to not invert videos unless like it's actually like it's it's a selfie 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 video. But um, otherwise, I'm going to try to focus myself to build a little bit more of that self love to love both images of me. The inverted one and the non-inverted one. I've been told so many times that someone's being friends with me because they feel bad for me. Someone, um, they love me, but then I get punched or um, they care about me, but they're not there when they need to be there. I'm in, uh, I, I'm, I'm scared of abandonment, of abandonment. I'm scared of being 
humiliated in public because I've been through it so many times. I'm scared about the future, which everyone is, but I'm, I want to, I want to have kids and want to have a family someday, but I tend to keep meeting um, women who are in my age group that um, just laugh at me and think that I'm ugly and say these really horrible things and um, they expect me to settle for that less and I will not. I refuse to settle for less. Being insecure and having insecurities, I acknowledge what they are. I know what they are. Like, I know what my baggage is. I know every single item in my baggage claim area. From the most heart-wrenched note to the suicide letters to the poems of despair to the moments of love to the polaroids of hope to the scars of healing that has shown healing to the moment of changes I know what they are and even Soon I will be going through a new change is I'll be having surgery soon and I'll be getting my nose repaired and I can't breathe out of my nose. My nose is broken into like 13 different sections. And if you wanted me to draw out, draw out each individual broken part of my nose, I feel so much like I I have so much sensation in those areas that I can I can feel the shape of the broken bones and I can draw them for you. So not going to do that, but just just to explain what's going on with that. And apparently I will, due to the damage that I've incurred from the domestic violence relationship and from health conditions that I have that's pre-existing, that I may potentially need a new nose, which will be crafted from me, from my, my left arm, and it will... Um... It'd be pretty much a kind of a new face. And that, I'm insecure about that. I've It took me years to fall in love with this face. And you're telling me now I kind of have to need a new face in a way. Um, I'm not prepared. And I don't think there's anything. I don't think you could really prepare for the future to a certain extent. To certain things. Some things you can. Some things you can't. But a drastic change like that, you can't. But all I can say is that I'm not alone and that I'm bringing you guys along with that experience. And I'm going to have Chloe. And I'm going to have Wendy. And I'm going to have my mom. I have my friends, my close allies, my close admirer community of admirers, and then admirers at large. And I'll still be here having the podcast talk and I'll still be doing everything. For me, how I get over, how I get through my insecurities and still maintain a healthy relationship, even if certain lines are crossed, is that I understand that there's, we have to filter. Like, we have to filter in some of the words, some of the things that we hear. These absorbing everything that we hear, we might drive ourselves crazy, and we do that. 
when you hear so many things from those who you love, who you who you trust, and those words that they say hurt you so much dearly, and consuming so much of that, you either become what they said you were, you become the image even though that's not even who you are, or you destroy yourself because you don't feel like you belong and you have this disassociation with with reality, which I've experienced all of the above. And let's, um, this podcast is, is partially educational. So let me look up disassociation. This is from mind.org.uk. Many people may experience disassociation, disassociate during their life. If you disassociate, you may you may feel disconnected from yourself and the world around you. For example, you may feel detached from your body or feel as though the world around you is unreal. Remember, everyone's experience of disassociation is different. Um, Feeling disconnected from yourself and the world around you, forgetting, uh, forgetting about certain time periods or events in personal information. Feeling uncertain about who you are, having multiple distinct, um, distinct identities, and then there's dissociative disorder, which is called DID. Um, yeah, that that's the rough, uh, rough summary because there is multiple ways of disassociating in terms of psychology and mental health but we're not going to dive too deep into that, but that's just like the definitional surface level. And then also let's look at the word insecure. Insecurities. Let's just look up insecurities. Insecurities is now, it's, it's a noun and it's plural. Uncertainty or anxiety about oneself. Lack of confidence. Number two, state of being to, uh, open to danger or threat Lack of protection. Insecurities feed mental health issues such as depression, low self-esteem, anxiety. They're also often contributing factors to eating disorders and substance abuse disorders. And to talk about how do I get through? Mm, there's a lot of wires in front of me. Jesus. Okay. How do I get through my insecurities? For me, is understanding that I'm going to forever hear noise. I'm going to forever open up a TikTok live stream and to be and to host a TikTok live stream, whether it's ten people or or several thousand people. I'm gonna always have people who call me chain face, zombie face, um, Ebola, what what have um 
um, gunshot victim, whatever, all types of crazy things. Um, that plague, the bubonic plague, um, Scarface, Two-Face, all these different names. I'm going to forever hear that and, and see that. I'm going to forever hear comments of people saying that, oh, my God, if I was in your shoes, I would have been shot a bullet, uh, shot a bullet into me or all of these things of what people would have done if they were in my shoes. Too bad. I'm glad you're not in my shoes because you wouldn't do a great job with this body. and <laughs> You wouldn't do a great job with this life. This life is meaningful. This life is precious. And um, I, I, I had to understand. Accept that this is my life. My life of being seen as an outsider inside of society and going through the racism and discrimination that comes with being black and also having a facial impairment and also having a vision disability. Like, there, there's gonna, I'm stuck with these identities for the rest of my life. But understanding that they exist, okay, it helps me understand, like, though that they exist, now I know how to take, now I need to know how to take care of them. And one of the ways, and oh, my dad's going to also be the same way that he is. The dating situations that I'm going through is going to always be, always going to be the way that they are. Uh, maybe it'll get better one day, but I mean, it, it it isn't my fault. From being in a domestic violence relationship where I got my ass beat a lot, where it's, sorry, excuse my language, but like literally I got, I got, I got beat for literally no reason sometimes like I would look at her and she would use that as an opportunity like I would just like look across the room and like look at her she used that as an opportunity to jump on me and to beat me and um, this month is domestic violence awareness month and I made a video on Instagram talking about that but understanding with my insecurities is that there's microphones in our heads that we talk into and there's speakers in our heads that we listen to. Choosing to listen to yourself and to validate yourself for your own worth and to know that you are worthy, that you are enough, that your existence matters that you shouldn't apologize for being alive in this world that speaker should be at about a 60 percent volume of 100 so if we go from six, zero to 100 put that one at 60 60 maybe 70 and then have external voices be the remaining factor because I still want to be open to the world and what they say and how they view me because a lot of the things that I've heard have absolutely motivated me and made me better. A lot of the hate that I've been through motivates me to come in here and to continue to do what I do to help those who don't have a voice, who don't have the courage, who don't, who may not have the same strength that I have. It helps me fight for them because I am, I'm fighting for each and every one of you. I'm fighting for a better place in this world for all of us. And so hate kind of motivates me to just keep this purpose of love, hope, and admiration going forward. But there's a part of it where it can control my life too. It can make it really bad. So I limit it and I focus on what I think of myself 
and understanding that that there needs to be grace with that too because I can be my own worst bully. I can be the biggest I can be a biggest bully than any of the other bullies because the internal critic within me has been trained in the gym and has had those people who bullied me for years as the trainer like as the as the boxing trainer and this 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 critic inside of me has been training in the boxing in the boxing arena to beat to beat me up each and every day so I need to be stronger than him. I need to not listen to him. I also need to give him grace and let him sit down and have a cup of coffee with me. And let's talk about it because we are, we're two in the same. We're on the same team. There's no I in team and there's no I in yourself. Y-O-U-R-S-E-L-F yourself there's no I in that either so working on that self-care and that self-validation and acknowledging having emotional awareness emotional intelligence to to know that these things are going on that that I have these insecurities and I have these projections and that I'm going to just receive this kind of behavior from people from majority of people Knowing that those exist helps me realize, okay, now I can examine and now I can learn how to balance. I can learn how to cope. I can learn how to heal. Like meditation, I give myself a hug, hang out with the Chloe. And I understand that a lot of my life is outside of my control. There's only so much in, in our life that we can control. That's how I get through my insecurities. Alexa, stop. And knowing that each day could be a new day. That it is a new day. And each day brings new and different possibilities than the day before. That gives me hope. And it lets me know that it's not over. Even if I feel like today it's over, this year is over. It's not over until I'm not breathing anymore. And until that happens, I'm going to keep fighting for a better tomorrow. For Not only for myself from my daughter, Chloe, the little pup over here, and for you all. There's another thing that I wanted to talk about. Damn, this podcast is going to be pretty long. It's already up. We're already at 47 minutes, and I kind of like, I kind of want to keep going a little bit longer. I hope this, I hope this conversation has been good for the most part. Um, is that people ask me why did I why did I stay in my domestic violence relationship so long, and why why did I choose to endure so much pain and violence? And this is this is my reasoning. Take it with a grain of salt. You don't. M- most survivors don't know how bad it is until it's too late. Most victims of sexual assault, of rape, of incest, of manipulation, of gaslighting, of emotional, physical abuse, or even racism, doesn't know how bad it is until it's too late. 
We often learn when it's too late. My second thing to that is why I think survivors, and this is myself, stay in certain situations so long is because we are told from young kids to adults that we should love someone unconditionally and that we should love them through their sicknesses and through health. And acting out on violence and being a violent offender and being a violent person can be seen as an emotional or mental sickness. And we're told that we're supposed to stick there with them through and through. Now, I know stick with someone through um, through sickness and health is, is for you if you're marrying someone. Majority of relationships with, with a wedding ring or without a wedding ring, we operate... If it's a good, if it's if one person at least one person loves in that relationship, that person is probably loving in that in that capacity where they're looking at the long term. They're looking at having a eternity with you. Um, now there's people out there who are just you know doing short term or doing polyamorous relationships or having open ended relationships. But we're talking about those are like more committed to the long term, the long haul, which a lot of people are committed to the long haul. You're committed to that idea that, or that keeping that promise, I'm with you through sickness and, and health. And anger is a part of sickness. And we lack the awareness to create a boundary on that promise. It's, it's kind of what I call the broken promise. That's my that might be what I call this episode. Uh, or the promise without stipulations might be what I call this episode. I don't know. But there's nothing you can do in life to deserve to be punished like that to be beaten by someone or to be disciplined as if they're your parent or to being raped or being sexually assaulted, um, to being physically, mentally, and verbally assaulted by your partner that you trust and that you're supposed to confide in, that they're supposed to be a protector over you and your life. You don't deserve that. I understand that, you know, Cheating happens or lying happens and different things, of course. But it it should never it there's never there's no justification for putting your hands on one another. Alas, it's over life or death. Life or death, you gotta defend yourself. But even then, then it depends, because even I was in a life and death situations with my ex partner, and I took that L. I took that loss. Luckily, I'm still alive, but I took that loss because I knew me defending myself would bring more consequences than me submitting to this defeat of of being humiliated and being beaten and traumatized and um, 
going through that pain and suffering that was coming due to this person's anger. And I definitely think that we need to educate ourselves and on boundaries and limitations of any promise. Because that's a promise that has no that has that that's limitless on what sickness and health can mean. And we we stick through it until the end, and often it is too late when we leave. But understanding that I will stick with you in sickness and health. But if toxicity, if long periods of toxicity occurs where my life, my peace is in danger, where you're accusing me and I've never done anything or you're beating me or assaulting me or even coercion into sex and et cetera, when when you're being taken advantage of, that promise should be acknowledged to be broken that because that person isn't loving you through sickness and health. They're not respecting you, respecting your boundaries, respecting your property, respecting who you are as an individual and treating you with empathy and with compassion. They say that they love you one second and the next second. They're beating you to a pulp. That's not love. That's manipulation and gaslighting. That's love bombing. And let me show up. Let me type up what's love bombing. Love bombing is a type of emotional abuse where someone uses grand gestures to manipulate another person. A love bomber may bomb you with gifts, compliments, and affection, but these actions are not done out of kindness. Love bombing is an abuse tactic used to lure or keep someone in a relationship. It often involves intense display of affection, admiration, and grand gestures. Love bombing can happen at any stage of the relationship, more commonly between when two people first meet. Um... Love bombers are narcissists who use their behavior to manipulate uh, as a manipulative tactic to get what they want. The psychological reasoning behind love bombing is I need you. I need you to trust me. I need you to keep your eye on me and not anybody else. And. It can be used in different ways, either positive or negative purposes. Psychologists identify love bombing as a possible part of a cycle of abuse and have warned against it. They often um, quickly obtain affection and attention before tearing their victims down. They may appear charming and exciting in the beginning, but usually fades and replaced with emotional abuse. There we go. So now that we know what love bombing is, because not a lot of people know what love bombing is. And um, let's look up emotional intelligence. 
Because I I have a feeling like in my life, I mean, I'm only 24 years old. A lot of people are throwing out big words, jargon words, um, and evoking meaning behind it. But I really like having the definition. And then I might be like misproperly using words or misunderstanding words. So um, I'm taking in a part of my responsibility to actually to um, to show to read the definitions to you all on these words that I'm breaking up because this podcast is about self-care healing hope and about topics regarding mental health and how we can build a better tomorrow together how we can safely do that and in order to do that we need to gain some knowledge so that we can learn to heal so we can develop that individualized care plan so that we can do the work and know what that work is and put a name on it and a title on it because that comes with a definition that comes with a certain set of rules guidelines that we can follow or not follow but we know the trajectory and where I should move my life in emotional intelligence is the ability to manage both your emotions and the understanding of emotions of people around you the five key elements to um, key elements of most intelligence is self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skills. Cool. Yeah, I feel like I I feel like that promise. You know, it's 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 a promise that we often don't put stipulations on, and I know that some there is hope for abusers. But there needs to be separation because hurt people do hurt people and there's hurt people who heal people like me and you. Or, But if your life is in danger and you're being put through hell, there needs to be separation, physical separation, mental separation, emotional separation. You can root for them at a distance. You can love that person from a distance and and make them deal with themselves on their own because as long as they still have you, they may never heal. They may never know why they should get better because why should they? What's the incentive for them to get better when they have everything that they have? They have your money. They have your love. They have your body. They have your respect. They have your secrecy. They have everything. They have everything that they want. But you leaving them, you making them deal with their their shit, essentially, on their own, can force someone to do better, to want better, to see themselves in a mirror and to actually see what's actually wrong. And that can work towards healing and a better future where there's hope in tomorrow and where there's healing in tomorrow and that there's a reason to fight for tomorrow because I want better for myself. I don't want to be like him anymore. I don't want to be like what she saw in me. I want her to see better in me someday. And even if it's not with her, I don't want to ever put anyone through the pain that I put that person through and them leaving me was the best that they could have ever done for me. Yeah.
if you don't want to put an association on an experience of saying like, for instance, if something happened to you, like uh, for an example for me, and uh, I'm open about this. I was, I was raped twice as a kid. And I don't, I can't, I don't have any meaning to assign to it. Like they always say that there's purpose and what you've been through, but I don't, I can't find no purpose in being raped for me in my story. I, I just can't. And I believe that it only should mean something to you if you assign a purpose to it. But if you choose willfully to not assign a purpose to that or a meaning to that experience, it's fine. It's totally fine. That's it. That's it. Not everything has to mean something. Um, and there's some things that you can choose, you know, to, to make meaningful. I thank my ex for assuring me that I that I deserve more, that I deserve better. Because when I walked away, when I survived that suicide attempt from speeding in my car at 70 miles an hour and I was trying to kill myself in my car and I was trying to pick a light pole to crash my car into so I can so I can die and not kill anybody else. So I can relieve myself of this pain that's so unbearable. When I survived that and I went and had a, a conversation with my dad and my mom, my dad was drunk and I wanted a drink and I knew if I would have got a drink, I would have ended up in that moment. I would have become an alcoholic just like him. We are built the same. We have the same body type, the same. I'm taller, but like we, we look exact. I went and looked at my twin, my future twin in in his face and got to see if I go get this drink today while I'm emotionally damaged and I'm getting a drink with the wrong intentions and not the right intentions, that I will look just like this in 20 years. I didn't want that. And I'm not going to let her make me that. And I deserved better. Chloe's having a nightmare. Chloe. Chloe. What's up? What's up, Buck? She's having a nightmare. You okay? Hey. Chloe. But give me. You good, dog? Good girl. You know? I got your back. Always got your back. All right. Um, I I thank her because she showed me that I was worth more. That I didn't deserve. I gave her everything. That apartment was mostly mine. I paid for majority of the stuff there. Um, I took care of her. I was there for her when she was sick. I was I was there through every single thing. I loved her and she showed me that I was capable of loving someone. And I had always been insecure about whether I actually had the capacity to love someone. But I, I saw after when I'm leaving that I did all that I could. 
I did everything. I tried to get us into counseling. She she told me she, that it was me, I was the problem, and that she wasn't the problem. That she didn't need counseling, but I did. I tried. I kept it a secret. No one really knew of the abuse that I was going through. Is, is this still recording? Yes, they're recording. No one really knew of the abuse that I was going through. My mom knew because on Thanksgiving, when she came and brought up Thanksgiving food, because this is during COVID, and we didn't we spent Thanksgiving virtually. My mom came and brought us leftovers. And I had a busted lip from being choked out and being kicked in the face and like literally an hour before she showed up. Um, being choked to the point where I couldn't even breathe. My mom knew and she was just like, I'm here for you when, you when you're ready. And I know you love her, but this isn't love that she's giving you. So I thank my ex for showing me that it wasn't my fault for her beating me every day and for her destroying me. It took me a long time. I blamed myself so long, but I walked away realizing that it wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault. I did the best that I could. I loved her to the best of my ability. I kept my promise to love her through sickness and in health. I did the best that I could. And in that, knowing that I put in that effort, that gave me hope. Because I gave, I did, I gave my all. I risked my all. I risked my life. I gave up my life for that, for that love. It let me know, okay. That worth... That meant something to me. <laughs> and it let me know that. Alexa, stop. I got a meeting in 10 minutes, so I got to end this soon. But it let me know that in the future, I'm going to find someone who I can give that love to. And they will treat it with the most respect. And, will, and they will love and honor that love the same way that I gave it out. And it would be unconditional and not conditional. It will not be no abuse there. And it's okay to disagree. I agree to disagree. There's conflicts that's gonna always happen, but there should be no like throwing stuff and hitting each other, none of that. But I think that's the reasons why people, some of the reasons why we stay in those relationships because we love, we love through sickness and health and we forget to put boundaries on that. And that promise, and that broken promise, the broken promise that we keep too often. Um, and it's cool to watch them grow. You can watch them grow from a distance and stay, stay safe, get in a safe environment, and to to support them at a distance while they're healing, while you're healing, because you you both need need to heal from the damage that has occurred and from the trauma that they're projecting onto you. Um, I don't hate my ex. If it wasn't 
even though my life was perfect, she took it all from me and I had my suicide attempt. I wouldn't have made admirer if it wasn't for the going through that recovery. So I thank her for putting me, for showing me that I deserve more. I thank God for letting me survive that suicide attempt and for showing me that my story is far from over. And she showed me that I deserved more and that even though she ruined my life, that I deserve admiration from myself and from others. And I deserve to demand that and to be in relationships that support and love and nurture me the way that I need to be. She showed me my worth. Sorry for this being so long. This is probably the longest EP that's going to be on, available. Maybe they'll get longer than that because I'm comfortable. I'm just chilling. I'm having a good time talking to you guys. And this this is a conversation I've been meaning to have for a long time. And it's, it's emotional. Like, I'm sweating right now. My hands are a little clammy. Um, I brought Chloe here because I've been stressed out. I've been kind of depressed. But also, she's good for me having moments like this. I love fluff. And um, for those who are survivors of trauma and of life, of sadness, of isolation, of asomnia, of pit bull maulings or dog maulings or burn survivors, I stand with you. If you're a survivor of domestic violence, discrimination, ableism, of where you even are in terms of location, you know, your identity, in terms of so so much. I'm here with you. You're not alone. And I stand here with you to dance in the rain, in those clouds, dancing in that rain, having tears with you and having purpose in those tears to to talk about the better tomorrow with you. And I thank you for staying in this world. I thank you for being here and you being here gives me hope for tomorrow. It gives me hope for better days ahead. And it, it, it gives me a reason to keep fighting. And I know I've been giving you a reason to keep fighting. And we got this together. Like this is a camaraderie. We got this together and we're gonna have more conversations like this to come. Healing isn't linear, but we definitely are going through this this voyage together. I thank you for allowing me to be a part of your journey and for you listening to me today. And um, I'm working on being more consistent with the podcast. There's, there's actually podcast merch now. There's um, a hoodie and a tee. And um, I'm not going to show them in this one because I want you to go look on the AdmireWare website, um, AdmireWare.com. And if you made it all the way to the end of this podcast, um, if you type Healing Hearts in, at checkout, you will get 
15% off of your first order. And if you put Healing Hearts Podcast in there, which is a different discount code, you will get, what was it? You will get 20% off on all Healing Hearts merch. So, sending you, sending you lots of love, hugs. Thank you for sharing this beautiful Friday with me. <sighs> forever loving you, forever admiring you. Talk to you next time. Love you. <laughs>